Hello and welcome to the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast. The elements are a metaphor, a simple organizational system to help us understand business and ourselves as business owners. And they are the components of nature, the roots of magic, and the building blocks of life. We all have some aspects of life and business where we thrive and others that are more challenging. By looking at these things elementally, we remove shame and judgment and can discern which elements would help us bring ourselves into balance. Earth, root chakra, Capricorn, Taurus, Virgo. Earth rules the parts of business that keep us safe and secure as we do our soul work. Sustainability, finances, contracts, systems, our core values, and clarity about exactly what our medicine is and how we fit into the ecosystem are governed by Earth element. Air, heart and third eye chakra, Gemini, Libra, Aquarius. Air rules our big vision, our ultimate picture of success. It's where we connect our medicine to a mission and decide what kind of impact we want to create during our time on this planet. Water. Sacral Chakra, Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces. This is the realm of our emotions, and business is emotional. How we feel about people, ourselves, visibility, uncertainty, how we handle stress and disappointment, all of this and more affects how you navigate your business. Water Element is where we learn to resource ourselves and expand our capacity to hold the big feelings that come with doing our work in the world. Fire. Solar plexus chakra, Aries, Leo, Sagittarius. Fire is where we take our gifts, our uniqueness, and our creations, and we blaze them out into the world. All things selling, marketing, and the day-to-day actions of running our business are ruled by fire. Too much fire and we burn out. Not enough and our business never makes it off the ground. And spirit, crown chakra. Every good gardener knows the day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. Spirit rules the faith required to keep tending your business long before you've seen a single sprout of evidence that it's growing. No matter what you believe in, spirit element is what you travel through after you leap and before you land. Life thrives when all of the elements are in balance. So do you, and so will your business. To find out your dominant element, take our quiz at intuitiveedgecoaching.com quiz. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and as always, thank you for being here. If you're new, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. I'm always so grateful that you choose to share a little bit of your time with me. So today's episode, I'm excited for it. I know I'm always excited, but this one is extra special Uh, The special guest on today's episode is Paul Beyer, also known as my dad. And my dad owned a brick and mortar business for 20 years, and he was in sales for 30 years before that. And I've had this idea for a while of doing a podcast of dad business advice and asking him some questions about his experiences in sales, his experience owning a store, advice that he has for folks who are new to sales, and 
I was able to ask him these questions recently when he came to visit for the holidays. So if you would like to watch the video version of this podcast, please subscribe to me on YouTube at Intuitive Edge Coaching. I'll put the link for that in the show notes. And if you're happy just listening, then listen on in uh, or do both. Uh, In fact, like put the YouTube on in one room and put the podcast on in another because I need the streams and it would help me out. So I'll take all of it. Play it in your car, play it at the gym, play it everywhere you can. I will take all the streams. Please and thank you. Before we get into this episode, I want to make you a special invitation. If you are interested in working with me in 2024, I would love to work with you. There are two ways that we can do that. We can do that privately in one-on-one coaching, or we can do that in group coaching. If we're going to work together privately, it is the most intimate way that we can work together. I am really partnering with you in your business for the entire year. We are meeting three times a month. We are voice noting and texting and voxering in between. You can share your copy with me. We work together on your plans, on your strategies, on your content, on your marketing. We work together on everything to make sure that you reach your personal goals and your business goals in 2024. So if you are interested in that, the program for you is Best Year Yet, and the link to apply for that is in the show notes. I have very limited spaces uh, because we do work together very intensely, but I would love to have you there. If one-on-one coaching isn't quite the right fit for you, then the best place to be is in the Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven, my hybrid business coaching course membership for creative heart-centered entrepreneurs. Inside the membership, you get access to the Elemental Entrepreneurship coursework, which is every single thing you need to start a business or scale it to six-figure years. In addition to that, you get group coaching with me twice a month. You get access to the private coven community where you can ask questions. You can also show me copy and marketing and get feedback in there from me and from your peers inside the membership and ongoing monthly workshops. Anytime I do a new course like uh, Launch Alchemy or any of the other courses that I teach throughout the year, Coven members get automatic access to that. So it is the best value and the best savings to get high-level coaching, support, and education for your small business at a rate that is really accessible and affordable. And right now, we are running the biggest secret sale that we have ever run on the Coven. It is a deal so good that I'm not sharing the details anywhere. You just have to go look at the link. So the link for that is in the show notes. Uh, it's intuitiveedgecoaching.com slash secret sale, all one word. And I would love to see you in the Coven in 2024. Without further ado, let's get on to the show. excited because today on the show, we have a very special guest, Paul Beyer, also known as my dad. (laughs) Hi, dad. Hi. Thanks for being on the show. My pleasure. So on the show, we talk about business. We talk about everything related to business and you've been in business. Well, you were in business for a long time. You recently retired. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Living the dream. That's what we're all trying to do. Living the dream. (laughs) How long have you been retired? I've been retired two and a half years now. Has it been that long? Yep. Sheesh. And what's your favorite thing about being retired? 
having the freedom to use my time the way I want to use it. Yeah. That's what everyone's trying to do. I think that's what everyone's trying to do in their business. They're trying to figure out how do I work as little as possible and spend the majority of my time spending my time the way I want to use it. <laughs> so you owned a store. I owned a store, a floor covering store. For how long? Um, I owned it for 20 years, but I was in the flooring business for 30 years prior to that. So. A long time. A long time. And before you owned the store, you worked in sales, in flooring sales. <laughs> worked in sales. And I was thinking about talking about starting with working in sales for another company before you owned your own business, because I think with what I know about business, it would make the transition into working for yourself a lot easier. Because for most of the people I work with, learning sales is really the hardest part. They might be really good at the thing they do, but they've never learned sales. So how do you think that working in sales for so long set you up to own a store? Well, first of all, nothing happens in business until somebody sells something. That's true. Before that, it's a hobby. Before that, nobody else is doing anything. Yeah. They're waiting or standing around waiting for you to sell something so that they can produce it, whatever. Yeah. Um, but what was the question? <laughs> How do you think working in sales helped you be prepared to own a business? Um, well, there's sales is, is very, there's the retail clerk at Macy's who's in sales. And there's the grocery clerk at the grocery store who's in sales. And then there are manufacturers reps who are in sales. So sales is a lot of different levels. Um, I think sales, independent sales, straight commission sales prepares you for business because essentially you do own your own business. Somebody else might be giving you some direction, but if you're on straight commission, you don't get paid unless yeah. you sell something. And that, and you were on straight commission. And I was on straight commission okay. most of the time in my uh, sales life. And I never felt, one, underpaid, because if I didn't sell enough, I didn't make enough. So if I didn't make enough, it's because I wasn't working hard enough or working effectively enough. And I think that's a great motivator. Um, you also never get the feeling of, I worked my butt off for this company for two years and my income is still the same. Um You'll never be in that position if you're an independent sales, which as an independent business person and your business is struggling, it's like hit the door, get to work, get out there, sell something. Because um, if you don't, you're not going to make a living. You're not going to go in and ask your boss for a raise. If you wanna, you're the boss. <laughs> if you, if you want to raise, make yourself worth more. And so I think that definitely prepares you. That's really cool. And you you were in B2B sales, right? You were manufacturer to a store. You weren't going to the customer. Mostly. Well, when I owned my own business, I was... To the customer. And that's what I was going to ask is, so for a long time, you were selling manufacturer to another business. So that's B2B sales. If you're fam not familiar with these terms out there and you're watching, B2B is business to business and B2C is business to consumer, business to customer. So most of the people I'm working with are going from themselves directly to their customer, which is more what you did when you had a store. How would you say that B2B sales is different than B2C sales, or is it? It's definitely different. And I went through so many training courses as a B2B salesperson, training courses and seminars and whatnot. And then when I went to business to consumer, it was like having to relearn the whole thing. Um, and it took me a while. When you're B2B, you're building a relationship with your customer. That's a customer you're going to see again, who's going to see you again. You build that relationship and you can count on it. 
usually building a business sales to consumer, you get one shot at the consumer and then you're done. If they don't buy, if they don't want to buy, you can call them back again, but they're not regular repeat customers. So I kind of had a situation, excuse me, where um, I was building relationships with customers that I would only see one time. For example, when I was dealing with flooring covering stores, selling products that the manufacturer made, I was building a relationship. I'd come by every week, every couple of weeks, talk about their family, talk about their kids, whatever. We would become friends. And then it would be, is there anything I can help you with this week? And that would lead to sales. When a customer walks in a store or when a customer goes to your website and looking for something, you're usually going to get one shot at them. Mm -hmm. And if you miss that shot, you could be completely out of luck because you can't build the relationship in a one-time only. So that took a lot of training and a lot of reading and a lot of learning. That makes sense. That's so interesting because, yeah, when you are working with a business or you work with another person's sales rep, as long as that person has that job, that's the person you deal with. And they have constant demand because they're not buying it for themselves. They're passing it along. Mm -hmm. So you're they're just re-upping on your product. And if your product sells well, they just keep buying it. And so all of the time you have to chat and build trust, build that, we call it the KLT factor, the no like, and trust. Um, you get, they like you already. You come in and they're, hey, hey, good to see you. We get to chat. So with the customer, you have to do that in, if you're lucky and it's in person, you have to do that in the 10 minutes they're roaming through the store. And if you're like most of us in online business, you have to somehow do that through the copy on your website, your photos, your videos, your relationship marketing. That's what we call right? Your social media or your podcast or your video. How, that's how they get to build that with you. So what would be some of the things that you would do or how would you train people that worked in your store to try to build immediate rapport with somebody who walks in the door? Um, the answer to that is find the pain. <laughs> Most people come in to buy something they may tell you 20 different things, but the truth is they have something that's making their life painful, something that makes it uncomfortable. In the example of floor covering, my home my home doesn't look as good as my neighbor's. My home doesn't look as good as my girlfriend's. Um, I'm embarrassed about my home. That's pain. Mm -hmm. They're not going to walk into a store and say, boy, my home looks terrible. I need somebody to make me look better. But if you find that pain in the customer, then you can work on that and talking to them. And that helps build the rapport that you need to, to build quickly because once they walk out that door, who knows where they're going to go and who's going to find the pain. So I'd say that that was the principal thing I was trying to train salespeople to learn is every customer comes in to buy something has pain. Mm -hmm. Find that pain, help them get rid of the pain, and they'll be your customer. Hey entrepreneur, I don't care what stage of business you're in, if you're doing it alone, you're doing it wrong. We need people. We need people in our corner. We need outside eyes. We need someone to go to. We need that in case of emergency break glass person that we can call when we're stuck or frustrated or overwhelmed, when we aren't sure what move to make, or when we just want to celebrate our accomplishments. We need the right people on our team. No one who has ever built a big, successful business does it alone. You should not be trying to do it all alone. 
you need people in your corner because owning and running a business might be one of the hardest things you ever do. And most people in your life simply won't be able to relate or guide you if they've never done what you're trying to do. Ideally, I'd like to see you in one-on-one coaching so that I can really be a partner to you behind the scenes in the day-to-day of your business and walk alongside you through every season, every stage, even into the nitty-gritty details. But if you're not ready for that, at the very least, I want you to get into the Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven. Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven is the number one resource you need for success as a heart-centered creative entrepreneur. There is truly nothing else like it on the market. It's a hybrid of courses, group coaching, a mastermind, and a brilliant, supportive community all in one. Joining the Coven will connect you to teaching and tools designed to guide you through every single step of building and scaling your business to six figures. No more questioning what to do all by yourself. No more buying random one-off courses on different topics and trying to patchwork it all together. Every single topic you need is covered. We're talking from legal structure to contracts to branding to marketing to product development, launching, you name it, it's in here. Can you imagine never having to buy another course again because you've already got it all under one roof and if you need something, you can just search it and find it? That alone is worth the investment, but you also get access to bi-weekly high-impact live group coaching sessions with me, ongoing workshops with guest experts, and our private Facebook group so that you can stop doing business alone. And you should. An Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven is one amazing way that you can do that. Go to intuitiveedgecoaching.com slash coven, C-O-V-E-N, to join today. And as a special thank you for being a listener to the pod, simply enter the code podcast on any checkout page for 11% off your first three months of membership at any level. That's intuitiveedgecoaching.com slash coven and enter the code podcast at checkout. I can't wait to help you grow your business so that you can make a bigger impact, help more people, share your gifts with a larger audience, and make the money you deserve to be making for your gifts, skills, and talents. But most of all, I want to see you so confident and so self-assured that you are just as talented at running a business as you are at the thing you and that is within reach when you join the coven. So I can't wait to see you inside. Let's get back to the show. I love that. And I think some people feel hesitant about that. I think that, especially with a lot of my people that I work with, because there's some talk about pain point marketing being inherently sleazy. And I think there's a difference between Right, you don't want to find someone's pain and exploit it. You want to, you don't want to talk to them like, oh man, I bet your house just looks like shit. Like we wouldn't say that, but being empathetic and saying, I get what it's like when you know, like right now, there's like a seam in, on my kitchen floor. I was telling my dad this morning. It just bugs me every time I go in there. It bugs me, and every time I go in there, I think, I wonder if this is getting worse. And I don't know about it. And it's going to become a big, expensive problem. So I have this kind of low-grade worry that's happening all the time. And as a salesperson, you're not going to make, you're not going to dig your thumb in it. 
but you alleviate it right away. You say, I get what it's like to be, I don't know what's going on under there. And I'm, and, and you're worried every time you go in your kitchen that maybe there's mold or maybe it's worse. So we'll just come in and we'll take it all up and we'll put something new down for you. We'll check everything and we'll make sure it's okay. And then you'll never have to worry about it again. That's pain point marketing. It's not about, um, making someone feel bad. And I think that sometimes when people are nervous about finding a customer's pain point, it's because we don't want to exploit something. We don't want to make someone feel worse, but that's not really what it's about. It's about being able to show them that you empathize with and understand what's going on in their life enough that you can help them with something. I think that part of it is the way the salesperson is looking at it. If you're thinking that I'm going to find this person's pain point and exploit it, you're not really doing service for your customer. What you're going to say is, my customer is in here because they're uncomfortable, and I'm going to make them more comfortable. So you're trying to do something good for them as opposed to exploit them. I love and, that. And if you approach it that way, you don't have any guilt involved with your sale. You're helping them out. Now, if if they happen to pick something that may be a little bit more expensive than they think they want to spend, know that you're giving them a better product and that they're getting something worth it. And then you don't have to feel guilty about anything. I love that. That's really good. There's another thing I want to talk about, but before we move away from sales, if somebody is, they're great at what they do. Everybody I work with, they're great at what they do. They're newer at selling and selling makes them a little bit nervous. And I think it's hard to, when, you know, for you, the thing you were selling, you didn't make it. You have no attachment to this thing. I think it's different when you're like, I made this with my own little hands. <laughs> like, do you like it enough to spend money on it? I think a lot of that gets tangled up in there is like our attachment to the thing we created. And then we go into sales and it's hard to separate it enough to be like, this is just a product. I know the product can help you as much as it is like, this is my precious baby that I made. Right. So if you were giving advice to someone who they're really good at what they do, but they feel like they have a hard time selling it or communicating the value to a potential customer, what would be your number one piece of sales advice? Find out what the value would be to you. I mean, if you know what the value would be to you, then you can project that to your customer. Mm -hmm. I would buy this product over that product because X, Y, Z. So then you have to explain X, Y, Z to the customer. But most customers, most people in the market to buy stuff do not want to be bogged down in. Let me let me say it this way. You go in, you look at a car. You want to look at a car. If the guy opens up the hood and starts talking to you about all kinds of mechanical things, you don't care. What you care about is, will this car get me from A to B? Will it be reliable? Will I look cool in it? That's <laughs> the most important thing. So you have to communicate those things to your customer and think about those things in general. I love that. And I in um, in the Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven, my business coaching membership, which if you're watching this and this is helpful for you, you should join us. Um, we talk a lot about making sure that you're not selling the what you're selling benefits and artists have the hardest time at this. I come from the dance world and I know when we used to be doing this on flyers and it wasn't on social media, you would go belly dance Thursday, 7 p.m., $15. It's all what? Maybe there's a picture of you on it. That doesn't communicate to someone anything about what the experience will be like, how it will benefit their life, how it will help them. And this is what's taught. And 
if you just saw the Christmas lights go off, it's guaranteed because that's because there's a cat under the tree. Uh, you're watching this on video. Um, but we were taught this during a time where you are literally flyering. So then I was in front of a human being. I met them at the grocery store. I met them at a party. I met them somewhere. We had a conversation. We already had rapport. And then I said, I teach dance. And they said, oh, really? What kind? And I said, belly dance. And they said, that's great. Tell me about that. And I got to give them a little spiel about what it was like and why I liked it. They got to feel my energy and see how I got excited. And then I say, do you want to come to my class? And they said, sure. What's the information? And then I hand them a flyer that just says belly dance Thursday, 7 p.m. Here's where it is then it's helpful. But if you're just posting and sharing about, I'm running this group, it's on Mondays, it's at 7 p.m., or I'm teaching this course and it has this many modules and this many Zoom calls and this many templates, no one's buying Zoom calls and templates. No one's, right? They want to buy the benefit to them. They want to buy the experience. They want to be sold on the fact that it's going to add to their life, make them feel good. And so, it's very tempting for us to explain all of the what. I made a course and it has 16 modules and all these videos. Nobody cares. We need to tell them the why and how it helps them. And then at the end, they're like, okay, so now I'm already sold on the car. I already think I trust that it's reliable. It's got the gas mileage I'm looking for. The price is right. I think it looks cool enough. Now you can tell me details about the loan I can get and all of that stuff. By the time they get to the what, they're already sold on everything else. So don't lead with what. They don't care. Nobody cares. Right? Sounds good to me. Okay. So 2023, you didn't have to deal with this year in business because you were retired. Thank God. For the rest of us inside. <laughs> I saw another coach that I follow. Her name is Rachel Turner, and she's really funny. She posted something recently that said, 2023 was a giant cunt baguette for entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I shared it immediately. I was like, that's hilarious. So if you also felt like this year in business was really hard, or I have clients who just started their business this year, and they weren't getting sales, and I had to tell them, you know, you started your business in a weird year of business for everyone. Um, that's part of business, right? If you're in business long enough, you're going to go through a year where it's not just hard for you, but it's everyone's having a hard year of business. Did you have a lot of those? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every few years, business goes up and it goes down. I mean, it just happens that way. Um, the key, especially for a commission salesperson, and if you own your own business, you are a commission salesperson. By nature. You're just paying yourself the commission. You have to be prepared by being prepared to cut back. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people say spend more when, when times are, are lean. Um, I'm going to have to say I can't agree with that. Okay. It's more important to cut back where you can cut back. I mean, even that that means you take less home, then you take less home. Um, while you re-fortify your business and the things that are positive. Positive. If you um, find yourself in that situation, then you also can find the places in your business where you're spending money unnecessarily. And that's something that happens to business owners in general. Start out, things go good. Hallelujah, things go good. Things go good, they buy a new car. Things go good, they take a vacation. Things go good. You got to prepare yourself for the bad times. And then when you sail through the bad times because you prepared... That in itself is business success. 
I love that. That's really helpful. And I know this year I, and I want to say this to anyone, it's so easy. I mean, just the way in, in our daily lives, it's easy to accidentally rack up a bunch of apps that you forget are costing money. In business, If in online business, I'm buying software all the time. I don't even want to, but sometimes they're like, there's this thing I want to do. And they're like, great, there's a new piece of software you need for that. And it's $4.99 a month and you buy it. And then there's another, you know, the thing you send your email with and the thing your website is on. A really, A, a good place to look if you're cutting back unnecessary spending is to go through what are all the softwares that I'm using in my business? And are there any, A, that I don't use anymore and B, that are duplicates of something else? And then sometimes it's just straight up doing the research of, is there a cheaper solution that does this same thing already? And I'm only bringing this up because I talk to clients all the time who have signed up for a very expensive tech stack when business was good and they get like the Cadillac tech stack. They got something really fancy with a lot of bells and whistles and then they have a hard year and they're paying $300 a month or two grand a year for a piece of software. And it is a pain in the butt to transfer all your customer records and your emails and everything over to a different software. But sometimes those are things we had to do. And I know a lot of businesses, my business and other businesses I worked with this year, we had to do a lot of Let's look at all of the moving pieces that we have here that are things we pay for, consolidate, even if it's going to take a few weeks of annoying administrative work to transfer everything over to something cheaper. But if you can save yourself thousands of dollars over the course of the year, and you're not busy anyway because people aren't buying, what else are you going to do with your time? (laughs) So what are other ways that businesses can, or business owners can, I think just taking on the mindset that business goes up and goes down and you're in this for the long haul is really smart. Because I think a lot of people, their approach is kind of cross your fingers and just hope you don't have a bad year and that doesn't work. (laughs) So what are some other ways that you think during a good year, business owners can be preparing themselves so that if there's a down year, it's not going to affect them too badly? If there are things that you can do yourself that you don't have to hire somebody to do that won't take you away from your strengths, which would be creating new customers, selling more product, then do those things yourself. Don't hire somebody to do something that you can do yourself. Only hire somebody who is going to add to what you're doing or is doing things that you can't do yourself. And that way you will be prepared with less expense. I love that. How about in terms of, I always call this inner game. I think that people get very, first of all, they get scared. And I think when we're scared, when we're anxious, when we're panicked, especially about money. And first I want to say, I get this. I've been scared about money this year. This was the first year in eight years of running this business. I was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I might shut this down and flee the country. I don't know what I'm going to do. But when we're, especially when we're scared about money, it's easy to make bad decisions. We don't make good decisions when we're scared. No. And so what advice would you have for people? They're in that that rough year and they're looking at their sales and they're thinking, this is, this is scary. How do you kind of keep yourself focused on what you need to do to move things forward rather than going into being scared? Well, one of the things that separates an independent business owner from an employee is that the risks and the gains all fall on you. And realize, believe in yourself and believe in what you're doing 
um, and it'll make it easier. And then when you have success, you don't have to share that success with an employer who's taking money off the top, so to speak. Um, always get a chance to build it yourself, to believe in yourself, make a wise decision. If you need to hire somebody, make sure you hire somebody who can do the job for you and will be as dedicated as you are and then pay that person accordingly so that they'll stay working. That's a good point. The pay part is important. Yep. Um, I want to touch on that real quick, just because another difference in online business, and I just want to speak to this, is that a lot of people are, there's a trend and there's a lot of pressure from certain business coaches to hire overseas virtual assistants because it's cheap. To hire somebody and pay them $4 an hour, $10 an hour US. And this advice is being given to brand new online business owners who may be so new in their business, they don't even know how to effectively delegate the thing they're hiring this overseas VA for. And I know this because I'm in a lot of online business groups and I see people discussing I need to set up my whole email marketing list and set up my website and I'm going to go hire this VA and I'll say, and they didn't do a good job. I hired them and they didn't do a good job. And I'm like, first of all, you paid someone $4 an hour. But second of all, did you give them a brand guide? Did you give them professionally written copy? Did you give them examples? Did you show them exactly what you want? Were you able to guide them? And they said, oh no, I just hired this person and expected they could do it. Y'all don't do that. I know that like it's talked about a lot as like, a benefit of online business that your employees don't have to be local to you. And in some ways that can be true, but don't go around thinking that hiring the cheapest person for the job is the best move you can make as a business owner. Hire the best person for the job. You're probably going to pay more, but you're, you get what you pay for. And if you don't know what you're doing and you go hire a $4 an hour assistant, they're not going to be able to do the thing that you're looking to do. What you like the thing of I need someone to set up all my marketing and my web. You're going to have to hire a marketing person, and that is going to be expensive. You're going to have to hire an actual graphic designer. You're going to pay a few grand. Spend the money because going around hiring people who can't do the job and then paying someone else to fix it, you're going to waste more money in the long run. Hire really good people who can add and just pay for it. And if you can't pay for it, you're not ready to hire yet. Okay. Don't you think? Yes, I do. <laughs> I know you didn't have to deal with that because you had a store. So your people were there. <laughs> right. But I also knew that when you hire somebody, hire somebody that you would be comfortable doing business with. Mm. I've, I've been in so many stores or businesses where I'm being waited on by somebody who is just doesn't care about their job. You can tell that they don't care about their job and you don't want to do business with them. Well, your customers are going to be the same way. If somebody is, if they are dealing with somebody in your company who doesn't have even a fraction of the enthusiasm that you have as the business owner, don't hire that person. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that all the time when I have bad customer service, I'm like, you know, you can do jobs where you don't talk to people. You could do data entry. You don't have to have a customer service job. Exactly. Um, this has been great. So before we go, I said casually the other day we were here and I said, that I read or that people are talking about how there's a, an impending recession. You said you don't think we're heading into recession. Not at all. Tell me why. Because this has been a, are you, I'm not an economist and I don't want to go into a big bunch of it, 
economic theory. But the theory behind most recessions is the people who are getting higher wages are causing inflation because products go up. And we've been out this week doing a lot of things, and things have gone up. And it kind of shocked me uh, how much things have gone up. But the people who are in the middle of the of the road work-wise, money-wise, are doing better than they have in a long time. And that is the key to the fact that we're not having a recession. People might go in and go, oh my God, I'm shocked. This grocery store is charging so much more. But they pay the bill and they go home and they have groceries because they have the money because their job is paying more. And I think that's what's kept us out of recession and will continue to keep us out of recession. The people who spend the money have the money. Well, I hope this is heartening for people as we're heading into 2024 and 2023 as being a, a crummy year for business. What do you think 2024 is going to be like? Do you have a business prediction? My business prediction is that business will rise dramatically this year. And we'll, again, all of this depends on the political environment, which I don't want to go into at all. But um, if 2024 is a decent year, by decent year, I mean, well, considering growth of 3 or 4% is a good year, I'd say it's going to be to 4 to 5%. Ooh. And then the year after that, if that happens, it will be even better. To all of us who held on through this cunt bag out of a year, <laughs> I hope that that is true. And I am looking forward to huge increases for all of us in 2024. Dad, thanks for being on the show. My pleasure. We're going to go to the movies now. <laughs> Thanks for listening to an old boomer. Um, and wherever you are, I hope you're having a lovely day. If you're watching this close to when we put it out, I hope you're enjoying your holidays. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you for being here. Bye. Bye. That's our episode for today. Thank you, as always, for being here and for listening to the podcast. I know there are so many things that you could be doing with your time, so many things you could be listening to. It is an honor that you choose to be here. Connect with me on Instagram at Intuitive Edge Coaching. Have a great day.